Welcome, everybody, to the James Arnold Taylor podcast. I call it the Jatcast because James Arnold Taylor takes a long time to say, so people call me Jat, and it's a podcast. And the kind of thing is, is we put Jat in front of everything because it's kind of a little branding thing, and there you go. It's the Jatcast. Today's episode, I'm going to talk about some Star Wars stuff. So uh, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Thanks for joining us. I have been a voice actor in Hollywood for uh, many, well, decades now and worked in voiceover, radio, stuff like that for uh, over 30 years and am the voice of various different characters in the world of Star Wars and Marvel and DC and so all those things. You can look me up online. You can Google me. You can see all the voices I do. But one of them, of course, has been Obi-Wan Kenobi for uh, coming up on 18 years here now. And uh, in one way, shape, or form, especially Star Wars The Clone Wars. Now, what that afforded me as a uh, voice actor is the ability to be involved in the world of Star Wars in a way that is really kind of fantastic. It allowed me to be not just the voice of Obi-Wan on the Clone Wars and in video games and toys and movies and things, but it afforded me the ability to experience uh, Lucasfilm, uh, LucasArts, all these various companies, and now, of course, Disney, from an insider's perspective, while still being very much a fan of the franchise and having a love for all of it. And that afforded me the ability to host a lot of events. Now, specifically, one that is coming up here in this next week, Star Wars Celebration, which is the biggest uh, Star Wars, I would call it like a Comic-Con, a a convention, gathering of Star Wars fans. Uh, It's the biggest one on the planet, in the universe, in the galaxy. And it happens every couple of years, and it's happening in Chicago this year. But I had been the host for, uh, let's see, one in Orlando and one in Anaheim of the the main stage at Star Wars Celebration. And also for five years, I was the host of an event at Disney World in Orlando called Star Wars Weekends. And Star Wars Weekends was a celebration of all things Star Wars. And it was at Disney's Hollywood Studios in Orlando at the whole theme park. They have all those various parks, you know. The uh, Animal Kingdom, Epcot, Magic uh, Kingdom, and of course the Hollywood Studios. And so getting to host these things was no small feat. So what I'm going to do as a kind of a tribute to the fact that Star Wars Celebration is coming up this next week and kind of get you all in the mood for many of you that listen to this podcast or Star Wars fans, many of you that listen to this podcast will be going to Star Wars Celebration and then hopefully seeing me there and saying, hey, listen to the podcast and that was fun and all that. So what this one is going to be is kind of a retrospective of all the various things and people and places and the people I've talked to, interviews, I'm going to play clips from interviews, from uh, all the various Star Wars celebrities and folks that I've had a chance to be on stage with and tell stories of my adventures as the host of all these fantastic Star Wars events. And, you know, we'll uh, we'll just, we'll have a good time. But one thing you may have noticed already, if you listen to this podcast on any regular basis, you'd notice that usually I start with my characters coming in. The show is called Talking to Myself, and I don't hide it. All of the characters you hear on the show generally are me. Now, in this episode, you're going to hear me talking to a lot of different celebrities and stuff. Those are not me, obviously. Those are clips of interviews. But normally, I have my uh, 
my crew, my group, the people that work with me here on the podcast come in and we uh, usually are talking and doing stuff. So Hank is our engineer and people seem to really love Hank. Hank, the engineer. Well, Hank, Hank, come on in here. Don't do, don't do that, Hank. What I was singing to Star Wars. I get yeah, Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. I was singing the I was singing the, the theme song because you're doing this. That was a uh, celebratory thing. Celebration. Yeah. Then. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but don't don't sing too much because you know you're not supposed to the the rights to things and everything. Well, you know I don't. You know, look, I, if I happen to be you know here on your podcast and I'm doing the thing and I go ba 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 stop. You can only you can only get through so much of that tune before then we've got to pay John Williams stacks of cash. Yeah, well, you probably you you, you work with the John Williams and guy, John Williams. He is a legend. John Williams is the composer of all the Star Wars music and and pretty much the biggest movies of all time from Jaws. Oh, but 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 don't do that. Stop. <laughs> I like the Jaws and though the Jaws and they come in and that is that that's your impression of Jaws the shark. Yeah. Okay. No, you know, he comes in and people go, ah, shark. That's a, that's a perfect, you know what we ought to do? (laughs) Hank, we ought to have you do like movie reviews and summations of films. Cause (laughs) I love you. So what's your, give me your summation then of uh, Star Wars. Like what, what would you, how would you explain Star Wars? Oh yeah, Star Wars in the uh, I'm Luke Skywalker. And I'm here to rescue you. Uh, step aside, fly boy. Well, that's not a bad Chewbacca. Yeah, thank you, Chewie the Bakken. Chewbacca. Yeah. And, uh, beep boop, beep boop, beep boop. What is that? That's R2 D2. R2 D2. Can you get any name right, Hank? Well, I don't know. Anyways, yeah. I am your father. I'm your father? <laughs> uh, no, that's not true. It's impossible. No! Oh, my hand. You cut my hand off. That hurt. What are you, jerk? Sister. Yeah, sister. Okay. Here, let me let me see your cup. No, don't touch my cup of water. No, no, no. Leave I, I am your father. Okay, you put your mouth all over my cup of water. Yeah, let me have it. Now you're drinking my water, Hank. Stop it. Okay, so that's Star Wars. And what about, you forgot Obi-Wan Kenobi in there. Oh, yeah, Obi's in. Uh, 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 Let me, what's he say? He says, uh, he says, uh, well, the Force gives you power. And uh, and light side and dark side. Now, yeah, I'm going to tell you what happened to your father, kind of, from, you know, my perspective view. Okay. And then what about Yoda? Oh, yeah, Yoda, uh, Yoda comes in and he, uh, he says, uh, logical, flawlessly logical. That's not, that's Spock. Yeah, whatever. Okay, Hank, thank you. Anyways, uh, I was just introducing you to the folks that may be new to the podcast. And uh, you've, you, I'm sure you've made quite an impression on, especially all the Star Wars fans. Yeah, I like that Star Wars. And, and uh, <clears throat> I liked your, your show. About the clones, the cloning war. Clone wars. Yeah, that, yeah, that was good. And I like all the stuff. I, you know, I'm glad they're bringing it back. They are. They're, so they're bringing clone wars back. That's right, Hank. And, uh, you know, hey, 
Let's bring in Billy. So, uh, so there's also Billy the intern on the show. Billy, hey Billy. Yes, 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 Mr. James, sir. Obi Wan Kenobi, sir. Yeah, thank you. Uh, how are you, Billy? I'm very, I'm, I'm very good. I'm very excited about you going to Star Wars Celebration. Now you're coming with me to Celebration, Billy. Yes, you know, I've arranged it. My mother says that I can go in and you have a good time and I'm going to assist you when you are signing autographs and taking pictures with people and all of that stuff. You're going to be my assistant when I sign autographs. That's very nice. So now the, the wonderful folks at Tops, you go to uh, Tops.com or you go to StarWarsAuthentics.com. Uh, Mark Von Olin, he's Darth Von Olin. He goes to the dark side on, on the social media. Uh, has arranged uh, for all the fine folks at Tops to bring me in, along with many of my uh, Clone Wars castmates. I think it's pretty much out of the bag now. Yes, no, it's, uh, Catherine Tabor's going to be there. Who, I think I, I like Catherine Tabor. You, yeah, you have a little crush on Catherine Tabor, don't you, Billy? Yeah, you know, I think she's okay. I like Padme Amidala's and all that. Padme Amidala's? What do you like, Hank now? Now you're not getting the names right either? No, I did that to see if you were laughing. And he... I didn't laugh. No, you didn't, sir. No. Okay, sorry. Padme Amidala, sir. Yes. And um, and Matt Lanter will be there. Oh, Anakin. It's got... He's the chosen. You are the chosen ones in there. All right, Hank. Thank you. And uh, D. Bradley Baker, the voice of all the clones. Right, sir. Yes, sir. Very good, sir. I'm a, I'm a clone, sir. Okay, Billy. Thank you. Right, sir. Yes, sir. But no, Hank, don't even, don't, don't even start trying. What? Nothing. The cloning war, you said. Yeah, that's the name. No, it's not. No, it's not, Mr. Hank, sir. Yeah, you guys know nothing. Okay. Um, anyway, so yeah, so you're going to be, uh, so uh, yeah, so we've got uh, uh, Ashley Eckstein, of course, will be there. Ahsoka Tano, that's very exciting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Ahsoka Tano, and that's your favorite character on, on The Clone Wars. You know, uh, Ahsoka Tano was uh, my favorite character on The Clone Wars. I thought that she was really, my take on Ahsoka is that she is kind of all of us, all the fans, you know, uh, and and then by the end, they're being so kind of neutral and going away from the Jedi Order. And it's all that, you know, yeah, I think that she's representative of of many of us uh, as fans that want to do the right thing, that want to be the hero, but also want to allow other people to do the right thing and stuff, too, as opposed to, you know. So, yeah, I think she's a great character. And Ashley's wonderful. And that was great. But um, who else do we got? Uh, Tom Kane, the voice of Yoda. Logic, it is just mmm. Mm. Okay, that's at least you're like somewhere in the ballpark, but you're still quoting Spock lines, Hank. Whatever. Yes, yeah, so no celebration should be very, very, very fun. Sir. And then you're doing uh, photo ops for people too. That's right. People can come and get their photo taken with all of us, the Clone Wars cast. You can go, if you're going to Star Wars Celebration, all of us will be available for a photo op separately, but then also we're doing one on one day together. I think Saturday we're doing one together. Is that my schedule, Billy? Yeah, no, let me pull up your schedule there, sir. So you and my lovely wife, Allison, have worked on my schedule then, Billy. Is that right? Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, sir. So we put in all all the um, the, the scheduling of everything for you, sir. That's right. Well, let me look at my schedule. Okay, so I arrive on Wednesday the 10th to Star Wars Celebration. And then Thursday, it all starts. And I start at like 1 o'clock. I get in there and I start doing signings of photos and cards and things. And then at 310, I'm in a photo booth for people. And then four o'clock till the end of the day, I'm back signing. And then celebration uh, Friday, I go and I get to the show at before noon and I do oh, photo booth stuff. And we got, oh, oh, and then, then this is exciting. This is exciting. The Saber Guild. So now there's various guilds. Hank, you'd be interested in this. Why? I have no idea. I'm just trying to bring you into the conversation. 
Okay, yeah, so yeah. Um, but so there's, there's of course, the 501st, which is the uh, wonderful group of folks that are, are cosplayers, I guess we would call them. But they're more than cosplayers because they, they do charity work and they're all over the world and they dress up as the troopers and the characters. And then there's the Rebel Legion and uh, there's the Mandalorian Mercs. Now, I am, a, uh, I am an honorary member of the 501st and the Rebel Legion. And the Saber Guild would like to make me an honorary member. And so they will be on Friday, if you're going to celebration, Friday at six o'clock, I will be I will be uh made an honorary member of the Saber Guild at six o'clock at Star Wars Celebration on Friday the twelfth. Isn't that cool? Oh yes, absolutely, sir. And that would be very exciting, sir. And maybe oh maybe you'll maybe you'll get a saber or something. Well, I, I have lightsabers, um, but, um, you know, they usually give me like a plaque or something. And it'll be really wonderful. And we'll take pictures and all of that. It'll be fun. Yeah, you ought are, you are to get like a red laser sword there. They're called lightsabers. Yeah, but they originally they were a laser sword. Okay, that's actually true, Hank. You actually have some bit of information correct. Yeah, I know my, I know my Star Wars. And Star Wars. Whatever. I, and, well, if you know your Star Wars and you know me and you know I'm Obi-Wan Kenobi... Uh, I don't want a red lightsaber. Yeah, but red's cool. I am your father. Okay, whatever. So then, Billy, what else do we have? Well, and then on Saturday, you're there Saturday, sir. Yeah, I'm there. I'm, I'm, I leave Sunday. I'm there Saturday. So Saturday is my last day signing. So Saturday is my last day officially there uh, uh, in a uh, for tops signing stuff. I'll be at the photo booth again. They'll have photo ops. And I believe that's when we do some with... Uh, with the uh, the cat oh there's one with Matt Lanter and then there's uh, one there and so oh and so then yeah at at 11:45 on Saturday the 13th at Star Wars Celebration in Chicago I will have a photo op with Matt Lanter Ashley Eckstein Catherine Tabor D Bradley Baker and Tom Kane that's amazing Anakin Ahsoka Padme all the clones Yoda uh, and Tom is also Admiral Yularen and he's the narrator of the show Devastation on Utapal. I don't know. I'm just making up stuff doing Tom's voice. I like doing Tom's voice. It's fun. So, uh, and then I have another photo booth op. It's just me. And then another photo booth op with Matt Lanter uh, at 1215. So if you want pictures of me with these people, make sure you sign up and get those done now. Fill it up, folks. If you're going, come on. It's going to be exciting. Then I'm back down to the autograph area and I sign the rest of the day of Star Wars Celebration on Saturday. Then Sunday, Sunday, they are doing uh, some panels and stuff. There's going to be a Clone Wars panel uh, and it says with very special guests. So I don't know. Maybe I'll be there. Maybe I won't. I, I have no idea. You'll have to come and see. But there is a Clone Wars panel and they'll be talking about Clone Wars. Dave Filoni will be talking about Clone Wars. So please come out and see it if if you're there. Uh, maybe uh, may, maybe I mean, well we'll be there watching it if nothing else, right? And uh, and then I'm gonna do some stuff for Coffee with Kenobi, my my buddy Dan Zier and and all of them at Coffee with Kenobi. I'll be uh, hanging out with them on Sunday as well at the podcast stage area. And so uh, you know Sunday will be great. Because uh, that's my day, Billy, to just kind of enjoy the con, look at everything that's going on. Now, I think it's a little weird. Star Wars Celebration is also going on till Monday. Yes, sir. No, but you will not be there, sir. No, I know that. I'm leaving Sunday, which, you know, I'm kind of sad about. But um, I think that it would have been great if I could have stayed till Monday. But it's just that's really hard with my schedule and life and everything. And I got to get back and, you know, podcast and do other things and work on voiceover stuff and 
But so, yeah, it's interesting. They're doing a very long celebration. So I don't know if all of you, some of you that are going, are you staying all the way till Monday? seems weird seems like you know by by monday they want to be wrapping up but okay whatever you know that's their thing they're trying to squeeze every last dime out of this <laughs> out of all of us to get our things and i'm sure there's going to be lots of big star wars film announcements and all of that stuff but uh you know it's really just our way to connect with all of you as the fans and it's just gonna be a great time so so hank yeah you know um well you were supposed to help with the archiving but billy helped more so we have uh tons and tons of interviews that I've done with various celebrities in the world of Star Wars through all the years of my time hosting uh, Star Wars Celebration and hosting Star Wars Weekends. And so uh, you were supposed to help archive all of that. Did you get that done? No. Okay. But Billy, did you get it done? Yes, sir. Yes, uh, yes, Mr. James, sir. Just James. Yes, sir, James. Okay. So see, Hank, Billy's the intern here. He's the one that does everything just for free. You're you're the engineer of the show and supposed to help with all this stuff. And you do what do you do? Well, I made some sandwiches while Billy did the thing. Yes, sir. No, no, Mr. James, sir. No, he made some good sandwiches. Onions. Uh, onion sandwiches. Yes, I know. Hank's special onion sandwich. If you're new to the show, just be glad you're not here in the studio with Hank and his onion sandwich breath. What? Stop it. What? Oh, and I, I haven't done the testing on the microphone yet. Hello, hello. Testing, 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 testing. Hello, 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 hello. Stop it. All right. So how, so uh, let's see. You know, uh, let's bring in, uh, let's bring in Reginald. Don't call me Reggie. Because Reginald, don't call me Reggie. He's, um, so he's a, a, a fellow here at the show, at the James Arnold Taylor podcast, that uh, usually does, so we do a segment called Get to Know Jat, and he interviews me. And Reginald is from England. London, pip pip cheerio, all that stuff. So, uh, Reginald! Hey, Reggie, don't call me Reggie! No, it's Reginald, don't call me Reggie. Don't, you called him Reggie twice now, Hank. Reggie, do I have Reggie? Stop it. Yes, hello, James. Hello, Hank. Hello, Billy. Reginald, wonderful. Thank you for coming in. Now, you know we're doing a special Star Wars celebration episode here of the James Arnold Taylor podcast. Yes, I'm very excited. I'm very excited about Star Wars Celebration and all of that that uh, that that uh, you will be doing there. Right, right, right. It's very exciting. Okay, good. Well, I thought you could kind of interview me because I'm going to play some clips of interviews with various people from the world of Star Wars here. But uh, first off, why don't we tell the story of me getting a job and becoming the host and doing all that. And so you see where I'm going with this. Right, right, right. That's excellent. That's excellent questions, James. Yes. <clears throat> Let me prepare my voice for the interview. Oh, would you stop it? <clears throat> All right. James Arnold Taylor, tell us about your work in the world of Star Wars as a host, not just as a voice actor. Right. Okay. So I, so now I was a comedian for many years and I was a, a performer of, of different things. And so I like... Uh, I like hosting things. So the way it worked, though, the, the first the first time what happened was I was asked to be a guest at Star Wars Weekends way back in like 2010, I think. And uh, nine, nine years ago, it was nine years ago. Yeah. So 2010, 2009, 2009 or 2010, I think. And I was asked to be just a guest on. Oh, yeah. No, it would have been 2000. No, yeah, it would have been 2009 at least. Yes. 2009, I think. Would you please just get on with the story? Sorry, I have a tendency to do that. Anyways, 2009, we get it. Star Wars Weekends was really more so about the films at this point. Disney didn't have much of an interest in Clone Wars. Clone Wars had been out, though, for a while. Like, 
a season or two. And Ashley Eckstein, Ahsoka Tano, the voice of Ahsoka Tano, was there hosting a show called um, Behind the Force, where they would take you behind the scenes of Star Wars The Clone Wars and talk to the voice actors. So it was the first year they were doing that, and they asked me to come and be a guest on one of the weekends, and they were bringing me in, they were bringing Dee in, I think they brought Tom Kane in, and maybe Matt, I don't know, yeah, so they brought us all in separate weeks, separate weekends, and Ashley then would interview us and we'd just have fun and we'd get up on stage and we'd we'd watch clips of the show of the upcoming seasons and we'd give like sneak peeks of the, the upcoming season and then we would bring people from the audience up on stage to read a scene with us as you know uh, our characters and, and so we had a lot of fun doing it but first she would kind of interview me and and stuff and so i started doing pieces from this stage show that i had been working on and there was more opportunities for the clone wars cast for all of us to be on stage and to kind of perform and do things. And so I had been working on my stage show with the hopes that someday I would take it on a USO tour or perform it in various places. Maybe, maybe I'd get to perform it at Disney. Who knows? So, but now let's backtrack. Let's go back for a second, Reggie. Right, right, right. Go back. So back to earlier, uh, back in 2008, 2009, 2009 for a Comic-Con panel as, as a group, as a cast. And we did the first ever, it was a live thing for G4, the TV network G4, and they had Kevin and Olivia who had the show Attack of the Show. They would be interviewing us live in Hall H, which is the 7,000 seat arena at Comic-Con San Diego. And they would be broadcasting this live on G4. It was the first time they were ever doing anything like this. And we would do a table read of our our characters. And Dave Filoni wrote a script especially for it and all of that. And so it was going to be Catherine Tabor, Matt Lanter, myself, Ashley and uh, Tom Kane and Anthony Daniels. And now the ridiculous thing was, is they didn't invite D Bradley Baker up there. So they had no, no voices of the clones. And uh, so that was, that was D watched from the audience. That made me so sad. And it was ridiculous. So we did this table read at Comic-Con and it was live and it was live and it was kind of, it was kind of, I don't want to say it was bombing, but it wasn't really going anywhere. There wasn't much excitement. There wasn't much going on at it. And they brought us up as a cast and I was just like, come on, hey, you know, I'm just used to getting people, you know, riled up and going. And this is a room of 7,000 people. And honestly, Peter Jackson was in the room. James Cameron was in the room. There were a lot of people there, big names watching this thing and stuff. And it was like, it was, I don't want to say it was tanking, but it was just boring. It wasn't really going anywhere. So we were going to do the read, the table read. And so I just kind of jumped in and kind of helped out with them. And, and I look over at Kevin from Attack of the Show and he, he, he mouths, thank you. Like, because we, they needed to get some energy going into the room and uh, you can see it. It's on, uh, it's online still on YouTube. I think if you look up Clone Wars cast at Comic-Con or something, but, uh, so I just was like, isn't Star Wars the greatest thing in the world? Isn't this awesome? And you know, I'm doing all that and I'm asking my castmates cause I know my castmates better than anybody else. So I start kind of interviewing them and asking them questions and stuff. So I had written, I took Dave's script, which was a very serious script and, but it was, it, you know, and I said, can I write some jokes in? <laughs> and, and the thing is, which I, you know, I've, I learned then and on from that point on is they don't like it when you make Star Wars funny or when you make jokes about stuff. They were not thrilled with that idea. But just as we're about to go on stage, Dave says, look, if you want to ad lib a little, James, that's fine. But the, but nobody else. And I said, okay. 
So there's this part where Padme and Anakin, you know, Matt and Kat are having an exchange and then Yoda says something. And I, so here it is. This is audio from the Clone Wars Comic-Con table read in 2009 in Comic-Con San Diego. Padme, I, uh, I'm, I'm glad you're all right. Thanks to you. Goodbye. Disturbing. The course of events have been of late. What's disturbing is that none of us really see what's going on between the two of them. <laughs> 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 Sorry, that wasn't in the script. <laughs> so, so that was fun, and it, that was kind of the vibe. So we we and then everybody kind of joked a little here and there. Matt started dropping in jokes. Cat had some really funny moments in it as well, and we just had a good time with it. Uh, but it it brought some levity to what was kind of turning into kind of a serious panel, and you know, um, it's just not my nature. So I like to keep things going. So I did that. And I remember the, the folks at Lucas were very grateful. They were like, thanks, you know, cause it, it gave it some fun and it made it, you know, more memorable because it was live. It was actually, that was the biggest thing is this was being broadcast live on G4. It was the first time they'd ever done that. So for it to just kind of just be a straight up scene, it just, you know, so it was great. So after that, they were kind of like, Oh, James, yeah. When we need kind of someone to drop in something funny or be there or kind of good, you know, he's pretty good at that. So this Star Wars weekends now was my chance to show them that I enjoyed doing that stuff and I, I'm happy to be at their service for whatever. And Ashley and I always work together and so uh, well together, I should say. And so we had fun. And so after the second year of doing Star Wars weekends as a, as a guest on the Behind the Force show, they came to me, Mark Renfro, and uh, it was actually... Uh, Jason Sorrell, my friend Jason Sorrell, who I've mentioned before here, who was an Imagineer and a writer and, and a, a very talented uh, producer, writer, director in his own right, uh, author. He's written some wonderful books on the Avengers and the Haunted Mansion and things. Jason, I guess, was saying to Mark, you know, boy, there's the guy you ought to ask to be your next host for the whole event. And so they asked me the second year, would you ever be interested in hosting this? And so the next year... Uh, they called me and said, we'd like to offer you the uh, opportunity to host the event of Star Wars Weekends. And I said, that would be awesome. And so I did it one year and I guess they liked what I did because they invited me back another year and they liked what I did. So they invited me back another year and another year and cut to now it's five years. And that was the last year. My fifth year as the host was the last year of Star Wars Weekends. They decided that was after Disney bought it. They had The Force Awakens coming out. They had all those things, and they decided it was no longer something. I don't think that that the folks at Lucas and Disney, I think they felt like it maybe it it poked too much fun. The event didn't really take it all serious, and they had a very serious movie that was coming out, The Force Awakens, in their minds. Uh, although I'd say it's it's fun. There's a lot of fun and funny things in The Force Awakens. But they didn't want it... They didn't want to come off like they're parroting themselves, I guess. And so I think that those are probably some of the reasons why they got rid of Star Wars Weekends. They wanted to um, kind of rebrand themselves as something. Because George was always very like, let the fans have fun with Star Wars. Let them take it and go their own place. I mean, you know, look, he let Seth MacFarlane and Seth Green do, you know, all the Seths <laughs> do parodies of Star Wars stuff. And uh, he's always been very open to that. And, and not that Disney isn't, but I think they were like, look, we have a brand new set of films coming out. We don't need a bunch of parody stuff 
in line with that. So I understand that. That's a business decision. That makes sense. And I get it. They're they're trying to kind of redo it. So so they got they did away with Star Wars weekends, but I miss it. I think they should bring it back and I think it's the perfect timing. And I know they have Star Wars Land, but so here's the other thing I'm hearing about Star Wars Land, which I know is called Galaxy's Edge, is that you need to now have reservations, you have to pay extra. It's not just something anybody that is visiting Disneyland can go see. I I, you know, I hope that doesn't backfire on them because quite frankly, that, that doesn't seem fair. <laughs> you slap down, you know, almost $200 to get into Disney and then you got to slap down another $200 just to get into there. And then, deal. but I get it. I get that it's, it's crowded and all of that, but it's just like, it's just like, you know, when you hear something really cool is going to come out and you're, you're going to be involved in it. And then you hear there's all these extra things you have to jump through these hoops in order to have it. It's, it's, I think that could be going on kind of like, I guess, with Celebration this year, they did a whole uh, 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 thing where they're doing a draw for the names for panels and stuff. And, you know, they're trying to find, look, the thing is, is everybody, I know people get upset, but just remember, they're trying to find the best ways to make it uh, equal for everybody. And I get that. They have a gigantic event. They've got all the stuff they're trying to change up the way it's so there's always growing pains and stuff when things change up so five years from now everybody could be really used to this lottery system for tickets and stuff and and it'll work fine but right now there's gonna be people complaining and saying i don't like this i don't like that whatever i don't know i'm off on a tangent but anyways so then i start hosting so i believe it was 2011 was the first year i hosted star wars weekends and that was the first uh, that was the year they opened Star Tours up. They had blew it up at Star Wars Celebration before they had a big thing, the last tour of Endor. And I was actually on one of the last tours of Endor, the original Star Tours at Disney. We were there for Celebration and many of you were there for Celebration and they were they were running it for the last time. And then they were going to do this uh, thing where at the end of the night they they pretended to blow it up. And uh, they just had a bunch of fireworks and spe- spectacular things happening and stuff. But I was also, I remember I was on one of the last rides of Star Tours. It was myself, Seth Green, Kyle Newman, Jamie King, Jet Lucas. I think Katie Lucas might have been there with us. And I'm not sure if any of my cast, I think Tom Kane was with us. But yeah, so it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. There was also, oh, uh, yeah, this is a good story. At that celebration which was that that was a celebration before I hosted celebration. So that was celebration five. I think I hosted celebration six and seven. Yes. So celebration five, several great stories of celebration five. That was really like our first one recognized as a cast where people were recognizing the clone wars cast. We had such a great time. So one of the things um, that Tom Kane and I did. So Tom and Kat, Tabor and I have dinner and then Tom and I were going to head over to Disney because we were going to be in this show they were doing. My friend Jason Sorrell is actually really before I knew Jason uh, had written this show where they were doing uh, part of the whole last tour of Endor thing and they would bring uh, Star Wars celebrities out on stage with them. And so Tom and I are going to go over and we're going to be the special guests. And we're walking through the bar of the hotel where we're staying and in the bar, now this sounds bad, but you know what I mean? So in the bar, we see Mark Hamill, who, you know, of course, we both know we'd known for years and he's our dear friend. And he's not in the bar drinking. That's why I say that sounds bad. But he was waiting. He had placed this. <laughs> this tells you what a sweetheart of a guy Mark is. I have other stories I'm going to tell about Mark later. But Mark had placed a to-go order of food, like a burger and fries, 
at the bar, you know, because sometimes it, in the hotels, it's just, it's just easier if you just go up to the bar and just say, hey, can I just place an order? Then they make you the food and then you take it up to your room. So Mark was waiting at the bar kind of, you know, kind of hoping not to be seen by anybody for, you know, just a, a dinner alone in his hotel room. I mean, <laughs> that was going to be his evening. And he's like, hey, Tom, James, come here. You know, so we start talking to him and we tell him what we're doing. And we're like, you should come and be like a surprise guest on this thing we're going to do because they're bringing us up to do these bits. But man, if you did it and he's like, really? I mean, do you think anybody would care? (laughs) I'm serious. This is Mark. He's like, yeah, I don't know. Do you think I was just going to have my burger and just kind of go and eat? You know, watch watch TV up in his hotel room. Mark Hamill. And this is back in, at, like I say, Celebration 5. So this is, you know, this is way before there's even a, a, a whiff of Disney buying Star Wars or any of this kind of resurgence in all of it and resurgence of Luke and everything. So we convince Mark Hamill to come with us, Tom Kane and I, Yoda and Obi-Wan convince Luke Skywalker to go with them to Disney World to be in a show and be a cameo. And I got to tell you, uh, first off, the writers and the people that were putting the show together lost their minds that we got him there. And then the audience lost their minds. It's probably on YouTube somewhere. I just wouldn't even know what to uh, look for on online with it. But Mark came in and then he's, he was the surprise guest. He drove, they, they had Jedi Mickey drive him out on an X-Wing and he came out and did this whole bit with them. And it was, it went so great. Everybody loved it. Everybody loved him. Of course, what's not to love about Mark? What a great time. So Tom and D. Bradley Baker and I, we just had a great time at that. We, we had this one night at Celebration 5 where they wanted to do Tracy Canobio, who's the, you know, uh, publicist at Lucasfilm. Wonderful. We love Tracy. She had this idea uh, for a photo shoot for the cast of Clone Wars that she really wanted to do that was kind of akin to The Sopranos. You remember the TV show The Sopranos? There was this shot they did with this famous photographer and it was really great. So Joel Aaron, who does digital effects and everything at Lucasfilm, who's also a fantastic, brilliant photographer. He has photographed so many people. She gets Joel to agree and they set up a room for the cast of Clone Wars and Dave Filoni to do a photo shoot. And we did those. And you can find those online. I think they're on my IMDb and there's others. So they did a bunch of photos of all of us. Joel did that. And we had this photo shoot. And then that night, we all, I had a, I had a suite because I'm a hotel snob. I like nice rooms. So I got myself a, a, a big suite. And so I had everybody up into my room and they took uh, Joel all night snapped black and white photos of all of us as a cast hanging out, sitting around talking and stuff. And those, I think they used some of those on a star Wars insider years ago. They did a kind of a retrospective and they, they used some of those photos. I would love to see all those photos cause they were really great. Um, but, uh, anyways, so that night we have this wonderful time and then it's still, it's like two or three in the morning and D and Tom and I are still hanging out in my room talking about stuff. And we look down uh, from the hotel room. We look down and we see all the people waiting in line for the next day, which was George Lucas was going to be on the main stage being interviewed by, uh, I think Jay Lagaya was the host of that stage. And Jay had done a lot of hosting and did a great job. Uh, And so they interviewed George and it was a big deal that George was going to be on stage. 
And so people were waiting overnight because that's how it worked, right? That's when now they got the lottery system and everything. Okay, so so D and Tom and I go, we should go down there. So we all go down there at like three in the morning and there's people, you know, waiting up, talking Star Wars, hanging out. Just, I mean, some of you may be some of those people. And so D and Tom and I proceeded then for the next hour to two hours to go down every inch of that line and sign autographs and take pictures and just hang out with people. And it was really wonderful. And it was so great. It was, uh, it was just a fun time. So some great memories there. And, uh, yeah, but uh, you see, I'm, I'm off on tangents here, Reginald. You should, uh, you should keep me, uh, you should keep me more on track here, Reggie. Reginald, sorry, Reginald. Right, right, right. Sorry. I was captivated by your stories. Really? Not at all. Okay. So James, you also do Star Wars weekends for the first time in 2009 with Ashley on the Behind the Force thing where she interviews you and you do that. Then you do it for another year and you're you're starting to get involved with doing more live things as Obi-Wan on stage at these events. They're starting to see, Disney and Lucasfilm is starting to see that there may be something to this fan base of Clone Wars fans back in 2009 reacting to all of you on stage. So maybe there's more to it and we should play off of that more. Right. So we as a cast were really like the first cast to embrace social media because social media was pretty new at the time. And we really embraced our fans and um, connected with people on Facebook and on on Twitter. Instagram wasn't really kicking around as much back then. It was more Facebook uh, than anything. And then but it all started up. So we were connecting with fans. Fans were connecting with the show. People were seeing the excitement of all of it. And then we, so they saw the opportunity to put us out there more on stage and more in things. And so we got to do a lot more stuff. And then I got to host this uh, event, Star Wars Weekends, which was just wonderful. And that was in 2011. And they uh, got rid of at Celebration back in 2010, I guess the year before. They got rid of Star Tours. They rebuilt it and they had a brand new Star Tours for the for this big event in 2011 for Star Wars Weekends, the first week and day of, they kicked it off by having Bob Iger, who's of course the president of Disney, and George Lucas uh, there on stage with all of us to kick off the whole event. And that was my first year hosting the event. And uh, it was really great. Anthony Daniels was there. Daniel Logan was there. Uh, Ashley, Dave Filoni, uh, myself. And so we were all on stage together. I've talked about this before. It was really kind of uh, a, a neat, unique experience. I'm very blessed to have been there and been the host for that. And uh, they introduced the new Star Tours then and everybody went on and it was a lot of fun. And, and I went on. So then, so I had gone on the last old version of Star Tours with all those folks. And I went on the new version with George Lucas, Bob Iger, Daniel Logan, Ashley Eckstein, Dave Filoni, and Anthony Daniels. We all went on Star Tours together, the new one, then after that, which was really great. I think there's pictures of us somewhere, uh, all sitting there and stuff, too. So that was a lot of fun, uh, really neat experiences. And that started my journey with hosting and interviewing people. So that first week, we had Daniel Logan and Anthony Daniels as the guests, the celebrity guests at Star Wars Weekends. Now, I think I've told this story before. Anthony uh, <laughs> Anthony um, was... So Anthony is, you know, he's a, he's a interesting, fun character. He's very dry. He's like you, uh, Reginald, don't call me Reggie. And he was kind of like, you know, who are these, who are these guys starring in this cartoon? You know, I mean, he, he was nice to us all at 2009 for the table read. Well, he was nice to me. 
He wasn't actually the nicest to Ashley on stage. He actually made some kind of blonde jokes and stuff about her, which was really, I think he was trying to be funny, but it came off bad. And Anthony has a, a, a the ability to do that, to where he'll say things and people will go like, ooh. And you have to know him and know his kind of dry British humor, that he's he's joking, he's being sarcastic, he's, you know, so... So uh, my first interview with him on stage at Star Wars Weekends, he did the entire interview with his back to me <laughs> and, and then proceeded to tell me to shut up on stage uh, and was like, shut up. Who are you? Why do I care? And so it's the first uh, talk show. We do the Stars of the Saga talk show. And that was, so there's many different shows uh, that, throughout the day at Star Wars weekends. And one is I host this thing. It's kind of like a, it's supposed to be like, you know, the tonight show or something where I come out and do a little monologue. We talk about Star Wars and stuff. And then I bring the guests out and then I interview them about their time working in Star Wars. And hopefully it's funny and entertaining and good. Bad. Well, Anthony, uh, likes to talk and likes to go on with stories. And so now when, as the host, I have a, you know, a headset microphone on me and I have an earpiece and that's so the director uh, can talk to me from the booth there in the back. They have a booth in the back that's a sound booth and the video booth and all that where they're doing the cues. They're keeping track of time because the shows have to be very specific within their time frames. And so I've interviewed Dan uh, Daniel and then I say, ladies and gentlemen, Anthony Daniels. And he comes out and he proceeds to do the entire interview with his back to me. He will not look at me or... Uh, direct any of his questions or uh, any of his uh, comments rather to me, uh, but he'll talk to Daniel. <laughs> and then he, after I do finally get questions in, I'll ask him a question here or there. He then proceeds to stand up, walk out to the front of the stage and tell stories that go on for anywhere from three to five minutes. Well, now this is a, this is a supposed to be a 35 to 45 minute interview show. We've already interviewed Daniel Anthony is at the end and we've saved time for him, obviously, but in fact, he gets more time than Daniel. Daniel's interview is usually like maybe five minutes long, maybe eight minutes long. And then we bring out Anthony because we know he's going to take up more time and all that. But so he goes off on these very long stories and the director is in my ear going, okay, reel him back in, reel him back in. Come on. And so I go to try to reel him back in because I think I had asked him what is your favorite story uh, whatever working with in Star Wars? Uh, and I had set up beforehand saying, you know, I have one of yours. That's one of my favorite stories of yours. And so I'm about to, because he just went on this, this very long, like six, seven minute dialogue about George Lucas and him in the desert shooting the scenes. And it was funny and entertaining and people are loving it. And it's great, but it's a long story. So they're like, you got to pull him back in because we got to, so... I'm about to say like, well, you know, my favorite story of yours is, and, and Anthony then says, well, I'm going to play you the clip. This is a clip from the first interview I did with Anthony Daniels at Star Wars Weekends after he's gone on a big, long monologue and I've got to stop him. Here's what happens. They put me in the Greek Wars. Hey, well, you know, my story is not like you yet. Yeah, but you shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Say, you know, you get somebody a microphone and you sit. You are the the uh, leader. The, what are you? What What is your job here? They tell me it's a host. Host. Although I'm a to differ today. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
you tell him he's the host and he doesn't show up. Have you noticed? It's like when I do interviews and the questions are longer than my answers and you think, who's meant to be in the show? Anyway, there we are. Where are we are. Okay, so yeah, so he tells me, shut up, and who are you? And I love the one thing is he couldn't find the word host, uh, but it was good that he, he then, you know, who are you? What are you doing? Why are you supposed to be here? Well, I, they tell me I'm the host, but today I'd beg to differ. I got that nice little jab in on him. And uh, and then he says, you know, gosh, the, his questions go on longer than my answers, which was completely ridiculous. And you, I don't know if you could hear it in that, but there is a bit of a groan from the audience, kind of like, ooh, because the audience... You know, yes, I was a brand new host in this world, but for the most part, people are like, okay, we like James. He's fine. And that seemed a little low blow. Well, here's the thing. There were Lucasfilm executives in the audience. There were Disney executives in the audience. So we finished that interview. Oh, so, oh, but this is, well, here's the other thing. So after he does that and he kind of, you know, insults me on stage in front of everybody, I, I say, well, what I was going to say Anthony is, and he likes to be called Anthony, not Anthony. But uh, so I say, what I was going to say, Anthony, no, um, is my favorite scene wasn't a scene from the movie, but an outtake. And we have it here. Let's take a look. And the, and the crew knew exactly what I was going for. And they play this clip of from uh, the prequels where he's in the whole 3PO outfit and he's walking off stage and he can't see where he's going. And he runs into this big styrofoam set piece and kind of topples over it into a green screen. And he was fine. Don't worry, he was fine. Uh, and and then they cut to Ewan McGregor and Natalie Portman who are standing there and they just start busting up. They're like, oh my gosh, you know, C-3PO just wiped out. So I play that as kind of a getting back at him. And, uh, and he laughs and thinks it's funny too and ha-ha and we have this little exchange. So I figured, because I just figured he's being like you, Reginald. He's being a little sassy with me. And uh, so I can take it and I throw it back at him. And it makes for funny stuff on stage. But the audience did kind of react to his his reaction to me. And the and the executives that were there really did. And they they kind of read him the riot act after the uh after that that show and was like, you know, James is the host, and you know, just treat him with a little respect. So later that day. Anthony has his one-man show about C-3PO, and I, of course, want to see it, so I'm in the sound booth watching it with them, and he comes in just before, and he sees that I'm there watching it. So I guess he feels as though he should see my show, which is my show's talking to myself, and I perform that for him, uh, for you know everybody uh, an hour or so after he had done his, and he watches my whole show. So I, I finish my show... And it's a great show and I'm get, I get two standing ovations and I'm walking off stage and I go backstage and the first person I see rounding the corner is Anthony Daniels. And he has his arms out open and he says, I, I could never do what you do. That's amazing. I loved your show. It was wonderful. All these voices. You don't do a very good British accent, James. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm sorry, Reginald. But, uh, and so from after that, he respected what I did as a performer. He knew who I was. Uh, he was, he was lovely to me. And, uh, and then we've gone on to, I've interviewed Anthony countless times at Star Wars Celebration and Star Wars Weekends. And the last time I interviewed Anthony was at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim. And we had a wonderful time. And in fact, at the end of that show, at the end of that show, as we we're walking off stage, he said, we should take this on the road. So 
Yeah. So for those of you that saw my first interview with Anthony Daniels, where he told me to shut up, uh, and then uh, maybe didn't see the last one, we are uh, we are good friends. He's a, a very funny guy. He's had to deal with a lot, you know, being the guy in the gold suit that um, his face isn't seen and doesn't get the attention. But, you know, you also have to consider he is Star Wars royalty. He has been in every single Star Wars film, Star Wars show, everything. And uh, it's pretty great to have him involved in all these wonderful things. And he uh, he just has a very dry British sense of humor. And once you get past that and you realize that's what he's doing, you know, Jeremy Bullock is like that, too. Uh, but Jeremy just comes off a lot sweeter because he's very sweet to the fans and endearing to the fans. But Jeremy and I, well, he'll give me a bad time. He'll be like, you know, oh, I see they were they were going to bring a host, but they brought you instead, you know, kind of a thing. And, and, you know, we just we we give each other a bad time. And it's just like you and I, Reginald. Right. I, I do enjoy a, a good ribbing on your account. That's right. So that's my time with Anthony Daniels. Who else can I talk about? Boy. Yes. Well, so you host that first year of Star Wars Weekends. All of those various people, I believe Peter Mayhew, Ray Park. was it? Ray Park. So Ray Park does his uh, visit to the mall. And he came and did that the first uh, year. And I believe Warwick Davis may have done. I don't know if Warwick did his show the first year. But he, he was a guest, I think. Warwick's a dear friend. And Warwick is, of course, now the host of all these things. They use Warwick uh, much more because he's a bigger name. Uh, he's been in all the films. Although the funny thing is, is, you know, they, they, because work has been in Force Awakens and, and Solo and Rogue One and, uh, Last Jedi, but so have I. <laughs> in fact, the funny thing is, is work has only been in it in costume as characters, but his voice isn't in it, but my voice has been in all of those films. So together we almost make one actor that has been in those. But anyways, so they bring work in to host him now. And I think that's wonderful. It's great for work and work is wonderful at hosting. He's a fantastic host, but I think they feel there's more star power in that than bringing me in because I'm just a voice actor and, and all of that. So, uh, plus I don't know, but I kind of feel like they think I bring too much, uh, comedy, show stuff to it because my last hosting of star wars celebration on the main stage in anaheim which was was a 5500 seat arena was really spectacular and i got to do my stage show there and i interviewed uh carrie and mark and ian and ray and um the uh the rebels cast billy d williams and all these wonderful uh, wonderful time but I, I played these, I had these intro clips where I would take pieces of music like Van Halen or uh, Queen or whoever, and I did these little like pre-show, like my intro to the stage, you know, James Arnold Taylor coming to the stage. And they were these little fun little clips where I was doing stuff with various Star Wars characters. You can see them on my YouTube channel. Go to uh, my YouTube channel and check out the playlist. Uh, let's see, what's it called? Jat SW Celebration Videos. You can see all of them there. Well, there's one particular one that I did where uh, the Force Awakens trailer, you know, was still pretty new. They they previewed the second trailer for the Force Awakens at that celebration. So the first one, remember? There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? You know, that whole thing. The first Force Awakens trailer that we had seen. So I took that, and with the help of my friends J.C. Reifenberg and Matt Robottom, we spliced me in to the Force Awakens trailer, and my thought was, look, I'm the host of this event. That's something that like Billy Crystal would do with the Oscars. I was trying to just be fun and creative and fun. But I believe that the uh, executives at Disney and Lucasfilm really did not like that I did that. They, they were very upset. And so I think I was kind of 
looked at as somebody that's a bit of a rebel, <laughs> pun intended and no pun intended at the same time, um, that was a bit of a, a, a rogue uh, player there and would do his own things. And so they didn't have control of me to be able to uh, control me as to what I would say or do on stage. And so I think that's why they stopped asking me to host these events. But uh, because I liked having fun with these things. Um, I had a bit on the last year of Star Wars Weekends in 2015 where I did uh, What the Heck is Chewbacca Saying? And I took scenes from various movies where, you know, Chewie goes like, you know, and says like a couple little things. And then I would translate what it was he was saying. And they didn't like that either. So, uh, which is, which is crazy. Cause I mean, George let you get away with that stuff. He was okay with that. Uh, once it went into Disney's hands, they were a little more, uh, you know, precious with it. And look, I understand that. And if anybody's listening from there, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to hurt anybody. I wasn't trying to, uh, be difficult or anything and uh <laughs> but at least they're bringing me back to sign autographs here at uh, this coming celebration right so you were talking about ray park right oh sorry yes so ray and i hit it off right off the bat and i've interviewed ray i don't even know how many times probably 50 times at least because we've done his show a visit to the mall so many times together and then uh interviewing him at celebrations and all of that and so we've always had a good time, but there's a, one of my favorites is uh, one of the things that uh, we would do at the show. So his show, A Visit to the Mall, would be great. It started with, uh, you know, I come out and then I said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, Ray Park. And then Darth Maul comes out on stage and the audience thinks Ray's dressed up as Darth Maul and he does some lightsaber moves and all of that. And it's kind of cool. And then after he finishes his little flourish of moves, Darth Maul, Ray Park comes out from the other side of the stage with a you know, a look like, oh yeah, you know, and the audience goes crazy. And then he takes the the lightsaber from Darth Maul and does like, you know, outdoes his moves even and does these wonderful moves throwing around the lightsaber and all that. And the audience goes nuts. And then I proceed to interview him about his life as a, as a champion martial artist and an actor and playing Darth Maul and telling stories. And it's a wonderful show. It's called A Visit to the Mall. Then we end the show by bringing, I think, like 40 to 50 kids. It would, it would vary each day, however many kids we could get on stage, on stage. And he teaches them a lightsaber move. And then we have jokes because I'm Obi-Wan and he's Darth Maul and I have a blue lightsaber. He has a red lightsaber and all that. And, and it's just a fun family show that we did at Star Wars Weekends all the time. So in that, though, uh, there was part of the interview that was kind of a set interview. And so if you went to it, you heard it tons of times. But Ray explains the dual lightsaber hilt, the handle, and why it was bigger. So let's take a listen to that. There's something else about this character, Darth Maul, that we love. And uh, I think we have you to thank for some of this. Now, you said it was already a double-bladed lightsaber, but the hilt of this lightsaber, this being extra long like that, there's a reason for that, isn't there? Yeah, the, the length of the handle was um, an accident and lack of my experience on how movie props was going to be because when I saw the storyboards before I landed apart, I just saw a bow staff. What sure. I could do is with a bow staff, a cudgel, or a spear. Or... And a bow staff is just like a, like a long staff? Long, that, long yeah, staff, okay. yeah. And um, so when I landed a roll and I got given a lightsaber, it was of a single handed single hilt. Oh, just a regular old yeah, lightsaber. So I wouldn't have been able to, it would have been tiny. Yeah. I'd been like this, <laughs> you know? 
And yeah, it wouldn't have worked. And it wouldn't have worked for me because I wasn't trained in that way to do one, you know, and Wushu is double hands and spinning and... And not as big and broad as this character was able to make it with the moves that you did. So, so you've got this one, so what do you do? You go to Nick Allard and say, help me out, or...? Yeah, Nick was like my, you know, mentor as well. And I was, you know, of course, scared to go to George and, uh, you know... <laughs> You know, I was 22, very shy, you know, yeah. very, like, I've, I've had a few years to sort of, you know, talk about this Blossom story. a bit. Yeah, yeah sure. Get, gain my confidence. So and you knock on George Lucas's door. Yes, yeah, so I go to George after Nick saying, this is your problem, you better deal with it. <laughs> and, and I honestly thought I was going to get fired. Oh. And, I, and I didn't really know how to explain myself and what I wanted, but all I knew, I wanted it the size, of, the length of my waist, okay. which back then would have been like that. Right? <laughs> Not like, so I could do some spins, because I envisioned more spinning around and bringing it around, and of course thinking about, yeah. you don't want the lightsaber to touch your back or anything. Sure, like that. yeah. So George just said, why don't we just flip it? And I wasn't going to argue, and, <laughs> yeah. um, and, it, and that's how it became the way So it's it just this kind of mirror image, both handles yeah. are the same, but that's because of that. A collaboration between you and George Lucas is really what it is, and you should take full credit for that. No. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> so that's great stuff, uh, Ray Park. What a delightful human being. Wonderful, wonderful man. Please follow him on uh, Instagram and uh, all that stuff. I think his Instagram got hacked a, f a few months back. So if any of you had seen that, thought, what's up with Ray? Somebody hacked his Instagram account. It's all back. It's all better now. It's all Ray again. That's all good. So now, Peter Mayhew as well. You spent lots of time with Peter Mayhew. Yes, uh, Peter uh, interviewed Peter Mayhew uh, dozens of times and always said, Peter is that gentle giant. He really is. He's just a lovely lovely soul and you know doesn't always you know he's very soft-spoken and such and his family is wonderful they would come out to star wars weekends every year and then even when he was going through the surgeries to rebuild his knees and such so he could be in uh the force awakens as chewbacca that was a wonderful thing and uh, they were making a documentary on him his family was actually making it i don't know if it ever came out but um what a wonderful uh gentle gentle man and here's uh Little clip of Peter and I talking about Chewbacca on stage at Star Wars Weekends. This was from 2015. How many times have you heard? I mean, today? <laughs> so many times I've lost count. On my yeah, fingers. it's nonstop. I don't think I've ever asked you this. When you first heard those sounds, was it long after? Was it when the movie was finished that you heard the sounds that Chewie was going to make, or did you know beforehand? Yeah, yes, George had told me that he was going to put the sound on afterwards. Okay. Because of the wear in the mouth. Sure. So ben Burt, of course, ben the Burt brilliant sound it. designer. He did it, and they found either a bear or a dog combined the two. It's a bear and a dog most of the time, right? Yes. Kind of combined yes. and layered. Yeah. And, and I, I did some of them. But really? Not yeah. many. You <laughs> know. I did the cartoon series. Sure, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Which is wonderful. Yeah. And then they cancel it. <laughs> Are the Clone Wars? <laughs> I feel your pain, my friend. I feel your pain. <laughs> so why, you know, I was talking about in your introduction about Chewbacca being this very lovable character. Why do you think that is, Peter? He's a teddy bear. <laughs> Everybody has had either a security blanket yeah. or a teddy bear. Yeah. It's something about Chewie's covers every age group. Yeah, and you know, with Han Solo, such a, a huge character, but you can't imagine Han Solo without Chewbacca, can you? I mean, it is, he's a, an extension of Han, wouldn't you say? 
Yes, because he think he knows exactly what Han is thinking. Yeah. And even though he can't talk, yeah. he understands what everybody else is saying. Even Princess Leia gets to know yeah. what Chewie means. And he ends up giving the commentary. Yeah. Even though we don't know what he's saying, he's yeah. kind of the one that's all of us going, you believe this? What's going and on? his reaction yeah. is the same. You know, he stands there, and you can't stand there in a costume <laughs> without doing something. Yeah. So he's got to be available to listen to whatever anybody else is is talking about and you know you talk about that how how long of the days uh were they on on say a new hope or empire or jedi where you're in actually chewbacca's skin um maybe three four hours at a time wow but then we'd have it depends what you were shooting sure then you'd have a break say maybe an hour or a couple of hours uh-huh. change costumes come back do the rest. Do it again. And it was amazing. Would there be several different Chewbacca ones then for you? Or? Yeah, there were two, two Chewy suits. And pretty great that you could control... Yeah, the, I control because it's a face mask of my own face. Yeah, that is, I think, also one of the coolest things about Chewbacca that we instantly connected with from day one in A New Hope. It's your eyes. Yeah. We see your eyes. There's no, you know, faking that. And there was so much emotion in them. And so that... <laughs> <laughs> Always a pleasure to talk with the gentle giant Chewbacca himself, Peter Mayhew, at Star Wars Weekends and and Star Wars Celebration and such. And then, of course, Jeremy Bullock, who is a dear friend, and I've got to interview and work with Jeremy many, many times. Uh, Here's a clip of him talking about when he first saw Empire Strikes Back. Take a listen to Jeremy Bullock, uh, Boba Fett. Boba Fett, Boba Fett. There was a buzz about doing Empire. Yeah. And when I went to see the first screening, for the first time in my life, you normally don't like to see what your, your own work, but I looked at it and I said, this is going to be a good film. I yeah. just know. And then the reaction was fantastic. Did you know specifically what you were being hired for when you went in? No. No, you just I went knew. Up. There were lots of different parts, but I went along and uh, I fitted the suit. I mean, it's absolutely... No, but that's absolutely true. I have to be honest, I fitted the suit. So there is hope for us all. If we well, fit in the suit, well, we can... Well, there's no, there's no hope for you, James, at all. That's right. Not a, not oh. a dream. Now, speaking of the suit, any issues with that suit ever? I mean, because it's got a lot of things going on. Was there ever any mishaps with it? No, no the only mishap I had was walking behind Darth Vader in the carbon freezing chamber. Okay. And we were walking down, and I had to look there and then look at just walk like this. And I trod on his cape and went crash. He, went, he went down? He went down as well. Ooh. And uh, I said, and I just quickly <laughs> said, I'm terribly sorry, I'm terribly sorry. And we couldn't get up. <laughs> we had to call on the Ugnaughts who were working. Say, get us up. We We're, represent. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah, and then they pick you up. Yeah, yeah. that's a scene to be had. I want that action figure pack. Uh, that's good stuff from Jeremy Bullock. And then, oh, and then also, this is another one of my favorite Jeremy Bullock, Boba Fett stories here about delivering a line as Boba Fett. Take a listen. Now, one of the ones that you told me before, which I love, is when you had that one line, you had to tell, you had to give some oh, orders about well, Captain Solo. That's, I shouldn't admit it, but yeah, there was the scene when I'm taking him up there 
into the carbon freezing chamber, up yep. into slave one, and I turned to the imperial officer, put Captain Solo in the cargo hold. Well, on the day, I turned and I said, right, action, put Captain Cargo in the Solo oh. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> he's, he's got four lines and he can't even cope with one. <laughs> so it's interesting that Jeremy talks about he fit in the suit. He's always said that. But then... A, a real quick clip of Dickie Beers, who was the stunt double for Jeremy as Boba Fett, who did all the stunts in Return of the Jedi, when asked how he got the gig as Boba Fett, take a listen to this. I was originally only going to play Barada, and uh, because we lost all these people, suddenly they went like, hey, uh, we're short of stunt people. So yeah. uh, they were looking at sizes of people, and as it happened, the, the Boba Fett costume fit me. And the guy that was... And, and, so it really is all in the suit. <laughs> you you want to be in good with the costumer on any uh, Lucasfilm project, I guess. <laughs> but in the final year, 2015's Star Wars Weekends that I hosted, we had some really special, neat, wonderful guests. Frank Oz, who I've played clips from my interviews with Frank Oz here, but also Ian McDiarmid. The, the Emperor. Now, Ian, I interviewed the first time, and I've played clips of that at Star Wars Celebration Orlando, where it was, um, I think that was, what was that considered? Star Wars Celebration 6? I guess that was back when they were numbering them. That was the first year I hosted Star Wars Celebration. But we had such a great time on stage there, because he had never really done an interview before, that they invited him to Star Wars Weekends the last year, uh, 2015, and they said... You know, we'd like to have you come out. And he's like, oh, yeah, sounds good, maybe. And and, and this is the story I'm told. I'm not, I'm, this is what they told me. They said, James Arnold Taylor will be hosting it. And he said, James, I love James, I'm in. And that was lovely. So because he could trust me on stage and knew we'd have a good time, and we did. We had a wonderful time. Let's play a clip of, of my time interviewing Ian McDiarmid. Well, when the prequels were in the offing, I didn't know if I'd be involved again, but I got a call from someone who said, George is in town, he'd like to say hello, why don't you come along to this hotel at this time? So I went in and there was George wearing the same shirt as he was <laughs> 30 years ago with checks. He looks good in checks. Why should he change? Right, that's right. <laughs> and he said, uh, well, Ian, do you know anybody who wants to play an emperor? <laughs> I, I said, well... Funny you should say that, George. He said, I thought you'd say that. And that was the interview. <laughs> oh, no, wow. it's, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating. Then he told me a little bit about the prequels, a little bit, a tiny bit. Nobody yeah. really got told anything. But he said that the character, obviously, that ends up as the emperor had to have a pre-life of some kind, and those films would show that. And he would start off as a straightforward politician, if that is not a contradiction in terms. <laughs> And so everyone would think that he was a reasonably nice guy who was there to help, you know, the great Empress, the Queen, Padme. He was her right-hand man, mm -hmm. diplomatically, on hand to make sure that everything went smoothly and then things might change. And then he told me a little bit about this other guy, which seemed to have nothing to do with me, who was really undermining everybody the whole time and was a kind of, I don't think he used the word insidious, but uh, a kind of character who sort of was underneath managing everything that was happening above. Yeah. But he didn't say that was going to be me. So, he didn't tell you that? No. So when I got the script, for, actually the first thing we shot on that film 
It was a scene between Ray and me, Darth Sidious and Darth Maul, uh, on, the, on, the, on the balcony looking over at the others. That was the very first scene. And, of course, the script arrived, you know, a little before, not too, not too far in advance. <laughs> yeah. And I saw Darth Sidious in my name, and I thought, they've got this wrong. This is so unlike Lucasfilm, you know, because they're so detailed and everything yeah. else. And I fast, I've got my agent phoned up so I don't have to do it. And they said, no, 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 nobody got it wrong. That's, that's what you're doing. Oh. And then I realized, of course, that I was a schizophrenic. <laughs> <laughs> And I wasn't allowed to tell anyone else. And all those scenes were, sh- and Ray wasn't going to tell anybody, were shot on different days. So when oh. we got to the premiere and Liam Neeson arrived, he said, how dare you, Ian? <laughs> so, the mystery continued. <laughs> For all this time. That's the fascinating thing about this part. I don't know of any other actor that has had the luxury of being able to play a character that was so, you know, aged at the time, but you were not. Yeah. And then when the part comes back to you, how many years later? I know, it was really, really, really lucky. How many was it? Um, it was 30 years since Jedi, and all of you will remember the first date of, of Phantom Menace. But what it meant was, I was in my 30s when I was playing 130 or thereabouts. Yeah. And because I was 30 and 130, I could then go back to be my real age as a senator. Uh, which then was sort of 50-ish. But that's pretty cool. Uh, and that was lucky. Yeah. But of course, George didn't have to make that continuum. And when he cast me, he had no idea that he was going to do that kind of sequence. And he could have got various other people to play it over the ages. But uh, I got lucky twice. You did, you did. We got lucky oh. twice, I think, didn't we? I think so. So Ian McDermott, so. always wonderful to work with, Reginald. Right, right, right. That's wonderful. I love Ian. Yeah, oh, and... Uh, at Celebration, the last Celebration, Celebration Anaheim, I got him to read from the Star Wars Shakespeare book, the whole series of books, William Shakespeare's Star Wars. Uh, it's a collection, and it is uh, wonderful stuff by Ian Dosher. He wrote these... There, The story of Star Wars told with a Shakespeare flair, and it's beautiful stuff. It's wonderful stuff. If you're a Star Wars fan, you got to check them out, read these books. So I thought it would be great to have Ian read the Emperor's monologue so let's, let's take a listen to Ian reading Star Wars Shakespeare. This is at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim on the main stage in my interview with him. Take a listen. Young fool, tis only now in this thy final living moment thou dost comprehend thy folly and my might. Thy feeble skills are nothing when compared to all the power the dark side. Thou dost pay the rightful price for thy severe and utter lack of vision. Aye, thy debt is due, and I am both thy creditor and thy collector too. What thou hast not repaid with thy belief, I shall exact from thine own flesh. And know what joy it brings to charge thee thus. My payment justly earned to wound thee, hurt thee, bring thee, and at the last to bring thee to the death that I am owed. You know, so these were the things I got to do, you know, because these were my ideas. I was like, you know, trying to come up with things because these people have been interviewed so many times. 
And what do you, you know, what do you do? What do you do different? What do you do that's fun? So I just came up with ideas like this all the time and I loved doing it. And I'm not like patting myself on the back there. I'm just saying, how lucky am I as somebody that's a Star Wars fan and then somebody that's an actor and a friend of these people to be able to kind of see, because the thing is, is I could go up to Ian and say, hey, we want to do this Shakespeare reading. Or I could go to Mark and say, hey, we want to do this. And generally, because we're friends, they go, yeah, that sounds like, and they trust me. And so I had a great time with them all. And I miss all of that. That was wonderful. But it's been great kind of reliving uh, all of this. And I hope all of you are enjoying this episode where we're going back and looking at all this stuff because I think it's fun. I just think it's fun. But speaking of Mark, Hamill, so we had... A very special year back in, I believe, 2013 or 2014. It may have been. It may have been 2014. It was 2014. Yes, because it was when the movies, Force Awakens was still being shot. And so Mark agreed to come and be a guest for a weekend at Star Wars Weekends. I got to do these exclusive interviews with him. Every day we did an interview and it was transmitted out throughout the entire park on screens everywhere and stuff because it was kind of standing room only to get in and actually see the interviews. And because the theater only held so many people and so many people wanted to see them. And so uh, we had a great time. One of my favorite things there was not actually on stage with Mark, but this just gives you an idea of Mark Hamill and who he is and what he's about. Is I So Star Wars Weekends is this event that covers the whole Hollywood Studios park. It's a huge park. And they have all these various Star Wars characters, you know, the cast members of Disney dressed as the characters, Luke and Leia and all this at 3PO. And you've got all these wonderful things. And my friend Chris Bartlett doing uh, 3PO. He's fantastic. He's amazing. So when you're the host of the show, you don't get to see all of the things going on. And when you're a guest, you get to see even less because they keep you kind of in the green room area, the safe spaces, especially Mark Hamill. He can't just go out into the park. You know, his family would and stuff, but he couldn't as easily without lots of, you know, guards and the, you know what I mean? Like uh, people with him, handlers with him, not guards, but you know what I mean? Handlers. Um, because people just swarm him and stuff, you know, and Mark is so great. The problem, see, is Mark is so loving of all, all of you, all of the wonderful fans, is that he would do that and then they'd be like, where's Mark? Oh, he's, you know, talking to fans over there about Star Wars and stuff. And, and so, you know, we try to be respectful of his time, but also make sure he doesn't wear himself out because he will do that. But we'd been doing the interviews. They were going great. But so there was a lot of cast members that were just immense Mark Hamill fans and they didn't get a chance to see him or meet him so I said Mark would you be willing to go with me to their green to their break room there's a, a separate break room for all of the um all of the performers and there was a light side and a dark side the way they did it which was great so all of the characters that are the light side they had one trailer and that's where my my dressing room was and stuff i was always they always put me over in with the the light side but then the dark side was on the other side of the park and that's where you know vader and maul and all of the troopers and all those guys were and i would go over and visit them uh, throughout the days you know just hey man how's it going and everything and talk with them during our breaks because, you know, they, so they get to see us. But I said, Mark, would you be willing to go with me? So for about an hour, uh, we go and I take him to all the various places backstage, behind the scenes, to all of the cast members and introduce him. And he just, he was so wonderful. He went back there and just talked to them and just hung out. And, and like the Vader ones, you know, he's like, oh, can I see the Vader? Man? He loves all the stuff. 
And so he would take Darth Vader's mask and helmet and put it on, you know, which you're not supposed to do, but it's like, look, it's Luke Skywalker. He can do whatever he wants. And, uh, and he was just so sweet to everybody. He spent time with all of them. It was really lovely. That tells you the character of this man, Mark Hamill, who is arguably the, the world's greatest movie hero. Luke Skywalker. And just a heck of a nice guy Mark Hamill is. Uh, This is uh, Mark and I on the celebration stage in Anaheim talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, Sir Alec Guinness himself. Take a listen to Mark. Just the most wonderful grandfather. He was so wise and so great. He asked me out to lunch so we could get to know each other before we went to Africa. And of course, at lunch, I mean, like I said, I got all choked up. Like if I if I open my mouth, I'm gonna cry like a little girl or something. I got all choked up, and you know, I was wanting to talk about the Lavender Hill mob and the Lady Killers and the horse's mouth and Bridge on the River Kwai and all these things. No, 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 no. I want to talk about your career. And I go, really? You want to hear about a dog food commercial and a soap opera? Come on. <laughs> And I kept calling him Sir Alex, Sir Alex, Sir Alex, Sir Alex. He said, and one time, when I said Sir Alex, he reached out and he went, oh, tap, tap, slap. And I went, what, what? He said, I want to be known by my name, not my accolade. I said, oh, really? You want to, how would I call you a big owl? <laughs> he liked that. See, he loved, <laughs> once I got over my being so starstruck, he, yeah. you know, he loved uh, American humor. He loved irreverence. He loved that kind of thing. His Lady Guinness was sketching one time uh, a mosque in, um, in Tunisia, and one of the uh, Bedouins that they hired to be, uh, you know, uh, like uh, set security or whatever, looked at what she was doing and started screaming, and pulled the... Uh, tablet she was drawing on right. and ripped it up in anger and stomped off and Lady Guinness and Sir Alec and I were all sort of astonished and he said who could that have been and I had the presence of mind because I thought of the joke immediately I said I have no idea unless maybe it was a local art critic <laughs> he restrained from laughing because it would have hurt her feelings but oh. later he said that was very funny <laughs> So Mark Hamill, uh, Star Wars royalty. Of course, uh, speaking of Star Wars royalty, uh, Carrie Fisher. So my, I, I got to work with Carrie on several occasions at various events and things, but most notably were the two times I got to interview her for Star Wars Celebration two years there. And we had such a great time. And I did a, a tribute to her back at her birthday where I interviewed the Ladies of Leia. That's on my YouTube channel. You can check it out. Uh, Obi-Wan interviews the, the various voice actresses that have played Princess Leia. So what I'm going to recommend is that you watch that video and watch my tribute to Carrie at the end of that rather than uh, putting a compilation of clips here together. Because honestly, you need to, you need to watch Carrie as well. Audio doesn't do her justice. So uh, my, my love to Carrie Fisher. What a wonderful person and... Right, right. Wonderful, James. Can you tell us any behind-the-scenes stories of you and Carrie? Uh, Well, she was always just very sweet. Uh, I think some of my fondest memories of her backstage were her and Gary, (laughs) you know? And she was, you know, the thing is, is I don't want to say she was uh, nervous, but she, uh, because she wasn't nervous, but she was kind of shy, you know? Like, so when she's on stage, she's larger than life, but it was, she was kind of 
more like, well, like backstage when you talk to people, like, I don't know. Do you th-? And Mark is like this too. They're both very self-effacing. It's like, do you think they'll want to hear this story? Do you think they'll want to hear that? And I would be like, yes, it's wonderful. And she'd be like, well, okay, I don't want to talk too much. I don't want to say, you know, go on too much. And then they come out on stage and they're bigger than life. But I think that was kind of my, my fondest memories of her was just being kind of like, do you think they'll want to hear from me? Do you think they'll want to hear that story or this story? And then also just her love for her dog, Gary, and just being very sweet and very um, genuine. She was just a really dear soul and an amazing writer. And uh, she wrote fantastic, not just acted, but wrote. What an amazing life. Please check out her biographies and things that she's done, uh, Wishful Drinking and all those, because she's really wonderful. Not necessarily for children. There's some language and stuff in there, uh, some wild living. But uh, for all you adult Star Wars fans, I recommend that. Who else, Reginald? Well, you've, you've of course, um, interviewed so many people. You did have time with uh, George Lucas on stage. Yes, I did. The first year I hosted Celebration, we did a... So there was a Detours was the big show Seth Green was going to do and did. I mean, I think they did uh, one or two seasons. It's recorded. It's sitting on a vault in a vault somewhere. I'm sure somewhere. It has not been released. I wish it was released. But um, Detours was a comedy uh, Star Wars cartoon animated show. Uh, my friend Catherine Tabor played Princess Leia in that, and uh, Dee was on that show, and there was uh, Donald Faison, who I love and is uh, a, a really good pal. Um, he, Donald, of course, from Scrubs and stuff, but he was on it. He was one of the main stars on it. And Seth was the voice of Obi-Wan on it, which was great. But uh, George loved that show, and they did a they did a sneak peek of it all at Star Wars Celebration, and I came out, introduced all of them. And then at the end of the show, I came back out because they, they acted as though they, the uh, Mandalorians were taking me and going to put me in carbonite. But just uh, at the end of the show, George comes out and they all watch clips together. And so then I come out to end the show. Thanks to my friend, Mark Renfro. He got me back out on stage so I could be, have time on stage with, with George. And, um, and I had a great moment. You can see it on YouTube somewhere if you look for that. Uh, George Lucas detours panel at celebration uh go to the very end of it and you see where i come out on stage and seth introduces me of course i had met george many times before we were backstage talking and stuff too and years before at star wars weekends and up at the ranch and all that but so you know seth goes oh george do you know james he voices obi-wan kenobi and so um i shake his hand and then they george turns around to talk to seth again and i proceed to uh, pretend to pass out and I collapse and fall to the ground and the audience goes crazy laughing at it. It was very funny. It was a funny little moment. And uh, so that I could play the audio of it, but it doesn't, it doesn't play in podcast form. You can look it up online and watch it. It's a funny little scene uh, about my time with George. But um, yeah, I've been on stage with George many times and then I've uh, talked with him many times. I've talked, talked about those things before too, but right. So other memorable moments. Well, Here's one of my favorite Star Wars weekends moments. It's not a celebration moment necessarily, but uh, although, well, okay, I have a celebration story as well, but I'll tell that in a second. But one of my favorite Star Wars weekends moments was we were, it was 2014, I believe. And the show had been canceled already. So there's no more Star Wars, the Clone Wars, but Rebels was on. And so now we had Rebels guests coming to the uh, Star Wars uh, weekends shows and stuff, but they had 
they decided to do five weeks rather than four. They expanded it. And they said to me, they said, who would you like for week five? Or is there anybody, you know, we should reach out to? Who are you thinking? And I said, you know, what would be wonderful is if we did a Clone Wars cast reunion. And Disney was wonderful to do this. They and So they invited as our, our last week's guests for Star Wars Weekends of 2014, I believe it was. 2013 or 14. I'm getting them confused. I'm sorry. I think it was 2014. Matt Lanter, Tom Kane, D. Bradley Baker, Catherine Tabor. And then Ashley and I were already there because we were hosting stuff already. So we would do the Stars of the Saga show was... Clone Wars retrospectives where we would talk about that. And it's funny now because, you know, now it's all coming back and there's this big kind of thing, but we just had a great time. It was, it was that was with some of my fondest memories of all of us being on stage together. And we just, uh, we had a lot of fun. I remember the, uh, one of the fun things there was when uh, we had never in the f- seven years I did Star Wars weekends, we never got rained out on a motorcade. And the motorcade was this big thing they did at the beginning of the day, kind of just kick off the the day's events of Star Wars weekends. And we'd all be in the back seats of cars and it was this parade and the 501st would march in it and all the characters. And and then we'd it would end up at the big stage and I would get up there and I would introduce Star Wars weekends to everybody and do a little song, a little dance and introduce all of our celebrity guests and everything. The only time in my seven years at Star Wars weekends was, because uh, I hosted five years, I had done it two years before that. The only time we ever got rained out was when it was the first day of the Clone Wars cast and at Star Wars uh, weekends 2014 there. It was 2014. And so we, on our, on our Stars of the Saga show, we all did a fake little motorcade and it was fun. And Tom, who is the voice of Star Wars Weekends, he would, he would do, ladies and gentlemen, your Star Wars Weekends host, James Arnold Taylor. So he would be the voice in the motorcade and he would do, uh, the thing. So we had him go off onto the side and he introduced everybody. And then we all acted as though we were driving by in our cars on the stage. It was a lot of fun. It was a sweet, uh, a sweet time there with the cast. There really is, you know, how do I cram into one podcast all these memories of various people that I've interviewed and been with and clips and how do I pick the right clips here? It's it's really hard to put it all together for you uh, in a way because there's so many wonderful moments. And I'm just so very grateful for the opportunity to be the host of these events as long as I was. And again, you know, um, I think I probably annoyed... <laughs> the Disney and Lucasfilm people more than anything, just because I was always trying to come up with fun, different, funny, comical things. And I think that, uh, that maybe was too much. I should have just stuck to just being a straight up host, but you know, that's why I created my show Clone Wars Conversations as well. So I could talk with all of them and, and interview them more. But, um, anyways, some great times interviewing some fabulous people. Star Wars celebration is now happening, uh, in Chicago and, um, it will be a wonderful time to see everybody again and catch up and I'll, I'll record some things and put some stuff out on my social media. Hey, if you don't follow me on social media, J-A-T actor on uh, Twitter and Instagram and uh, I believe even Facebook, you can find me there, although I'm really not on Facebook much. But um, yeah, Star Wars Celebration should be a, a great time. I don't know what all secrets will be revealed at Star Wars Celebration towards the, the last film and all of those things, but... Uh, I do think that it's wonderful that there's been this lovely resurgence of Clone Wars stuff and we should all have fun as a cast being back together because we really are a family. Right, right, right. Wonderful, James. Do you have a favorite or funny um, moment from 
celebration or Star Wars weekends that you could share with us? Oh man, I mean, again, I've been trying to kind of share a lot of them here, but yeah, there, uh, <laughs> there was one, one thing. I, I, I think it's probably okay if I share this now because it's been uh, coming up on five years since it happened, and uh, Disney didn't really want me saying anything. And so, um, so we did the show Summon the Force at the end. If you went to Star Wars weekends, the show Summon the Force was a wonderful way they ended each night of Star Wars weekends with this giant fireworks display at the end of it. But before that. I would come out on stage. I would introduce all the various characters. We'd tell this kind of little story of Star Wars. And uh, the good guys would come out. And then I would interact with them like Ahsoka and all the clones and stuff came out. And I'd say like, Ahsoka, it's good to see you again. You know, and the crowd would go crazy. Because at that point in time, there was no, you know, big thing of Ahsoka. We didn't know if Ahsoka lives or dies or whatever. And we still don't necessarily. I think we kind of know Ahsoka lives. But anyways, um... So there was all that. And then the bad guys would come out on stage. And this was outside at the outside arena at Disney Hollywood Studios there. They call it the hat stage. It was this gigantic Disney um, uh, Fantasia, Mickey's Fantasia hat and this giant stage there. And there would be about fifteen to 20,000 people every night out there watching this show. It would just it was a sea of people. You could see like on my Twitter and Instagram and stuff, I would post pictures of my view from the stage. And I would do this show with them, and I think I've mentioned this before, but basically they would hit start on the audio track that was a 10-minute track, and once they started it, it just had to go, just like my stage show. So I couldn't mess up, so I had to have this all memorized. It was quite a chunk of dialogue I had to memorize of, you know, um, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the, you know, some of the, I don't, I can't, isn't that funny? I can't recall any of it right now, but um, I would bring out the characters I would interact with them. And those are all cast members dressed as the characters, obviously. And they might have, some of their lines might be recorded, but I'm the only one that is live, basically. They're all, their part always stays the same. They interact with the sound effects and the files and stuff, but I have to always hit everybody else's cues, which then cues the next part. And and again, it's all pre-recorded. So I've been very blessed to have never really messed up, never messed up any cues or anything. Uh, we always did it. We did it, you know, every night at the end of the show for a couple of years, we did that show. And that was after, so they used to have a show called hyperspace hoopla where all the characters went out and danced and stuff. And I think that Disney, especially after Disney bought it, cause George always liked all that stuff. I think they, you know, they, again, they wanted to clean up the, the brand and make it less about comical things with the characters and make it, you know, we don't want to see Darth Vader break dancing on stage and stuff. So they created this very kind of nice show, Summon the Force, where it was an homage to all the characters in the world of Star Wars. And I was the host of it. So we bring everybody out, the good guys and the bad guys. And the bad guys were always shooting things at me. So there was a lot of pyrotechnics on this stage, a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff. And I had to be in very specific spots. Like when Darth Maul comes out, there's this wall of fire that comes out and, you know, they'd say, don't look at the fire because it's, it, you know, it's, it, I mean, and, and I would be probably 10 to 15 feet away from where the flames were. But I got to tell you, the heat was insane when those flames would come up and Darth Maul came out and all that. And then the bounty hunters would come out and they would shoot at me on stage. And then Darth Vader was uh, there and he'd swing the lightsaber at me and there was explosions like he would he would swing and miss me and it would his saber would hit the the wall and there was this explosion kind of like you know and and sparks would fly and I'd duck and jump and run and and Vader's chasing me on stage and the troopers are shooting at me and and but so the bounty hunters one they're shooting at me and I ha- I have to be in this one specific spot 
and you know, it's all been rehearsed. We would rehearse and rehearse. And so I hit my cue and there's one, this one show, one of the last, uh, the last year of Star Wars weekends, I say bounty hunters, you know, I, uh, you know, oh, I have a bad feeling about this bounty hunters come out, you know, the bounty hunters come out and it's Aura Singh and it's, um, it's Django Fett. So they come out and I walk down to the front of the stage and say this, and there's big explosions as though they're kind of blowing the blast doors off and they're breaking in and shooting and they come shooting at me and Django Fett specifically shoots at me. And it was a, it was a rocket on Django's gun. So he has this blaster and there's like a flare that would shoot out of his, he would pull the trigger and it would shoot this flare out and it would zip across the stage and it's supposed to just kind of zip past me and over my head. And then there's an explosion to my right as though it hits this, you know, you know, beam or something instead of me because I dodge it. And the way it's planned out with the stunt coordinators and the explosive experts and all of that and the, the pyrotechnic guys, it looks from on stage, from uh, out in the audience, it looks as though this thing is getting really kind of close to me. But it's a, it's a you know, um, one of those depth perception things where it's a trick of the eye because it's actually probably eight feet away from me. It's not even close to me. Well, one night it was very windy and... And the, uh, the little flare that shoots out of his gun caught some wind and it, it, it caught the wind and flew right at me and hit me square in the back. And my, my shirt caught on fire and, and I, it was, you know, so I say my bounty hunters, you know, and uh, I, I, I never find a more wretched hive. I, I can't remember. I have some line there, I say. And then he shoots and it goes and it shoots off and, and all of a sudden I feel this bam in my back and i'm like oh wow what was that and then i feel heat and i smell smoke and fire and i and i'm thinking to myself i think i'm on fire and i've never told this story anywhere because uh they were very they were like don't mention it because people asked actually because i think some people in the front row could tell what happened some people saw what happened and the people were tweeting me and stuff are you okay but I, they they were like don't respond we don't want anybody thinking anything bad happened because it was fine but uh yeah so i'm on fire for a, for a brief a brief moment and so i but i can't miss my cues so i keep on with the lines and nobody else on stage because he's wearing a mask. The, the poor actor that's playing Django, he doesn't know. And all the other people and everybody's just moving because there's music and playing. And again, it's all timed. We can't stop production. It's once they hit play, you just have to keep going. So I'm like, well, just keep going, James. So I, if you happened to be there that night and saw that show, and it's probably on video somewhere. I think it is on video somewhere on YouTube. You'll see, I, I put my right hand up to my back behind me. Like I put it behind me and I start just like trying to put the flame out. So I pat the flame out of my back and, and I go, wow. Okay. So in my head, and I'm still saying my lines and I know I have to now walk back up these stairs and behind us is the jumbo screen, which is filming everything for us. And so the people that are way in the back, you know, of, of these 15,000 people in the audience, they can see what's going on on stage because it's hard to see. So there's these jumbotrons there and they're picking up all of it. And they've got cameras that are close up on me and stuff. So I thought, okay, after I say those lines, I'm supposed to normally go back up these little stairs. And when I did always, because it's one of these theater things you do, you don't ever turn your back on the audience. You, so I would walk up the stairs kind of sideways, kind of backwards sideways as I'm saying my next lines and preparing for the next segment of the thing. But this night I thought, 
Well, the camera's right there. So if I walk up backwards, I'll be able to see, or if I walk up forwards rather than backwards, like I usually do, I'll be able to see what's going on with my back because I'm a little concerned at this point. So I, I turn around this time and actually walk up the stairs backwards and I look up at the Jumbotron and I can see I've got this gigantic, like five inch black circle uh, on my back, on my back <laughs> where, but the, the, here's the funny thing. This thing hit me square in the back, like perfectly, like you couldn't plan it better. It was a perfect shot, dead center in my back. Thankfully, I was wearing a, a t-shirt and my my outfit, my costume. So uh, I had, which was, which was just a dress shirt and a tie. But so there was a layer of the dress shirt and then the t-shirt underneath it. Had I not had the t-shirt underneath, my skin probably would have gotten kind of burned, but it burned through both of those just barely the t-shirt, the cotton t-shirt helped protect me. So (laughs) I remember that uh, quite well. And uh, that was, yeah, I mean, it was a big deal. So then after that, the poor fellow that played Django felt so bad. And so everybody's harassing him. You know, you killed Obi-Wan Kenobi or, you know, or yeah, you tried to don't, don't kill the host. But it was always funny because again, we, we had these special effects, these pyrotechnics going on and all of them were within sometimes two feet of me, sometimes three feet of me, uh, supposed to be, you know, much bigger uh, on some nights. But so after that, they ended up eventually, by the end of Star Wars Weekends, they ended up taking that shot out because uh, I think two nights later, when we went to do it again, it almost hit me again. The wind, there was just winds and uh, and it caught the wind and it, and <laughs> so those were my big kind of like uh, uh, crazy moments there. Um, I mean, we had so many wonderful moments. And it was fine. Everything was fine. I was totally fine. But yeah, I went back, backstage afterwards. I'm like, did anybody else see that I caught on fire for a moment? And uh, yeah, it was it was pretty wild. But that would be one of my fond mem- memories there. Uh, as, as far as fond memories on celebration stages and stuff would be certainly interviewing Carrie Fisher, the time that she gave me a spanking on stage. Uh, we would do this thing called the phony photo memory. And so at the end of the interviews, I would say, is there anything... Uh, you let's take a let's pose for a photo, and so we'd usually pose in some way that was akin to our characters from the the movies or something. Like Ian McDiarmid acted as though he was shocking me with the force lightning from his fingers, and then people, of course, went in and photoshopped it and stuff. Mark Hamill, I got on his back like Yoda. Um, you know, we just did all sorts of various things. And Carrie, I said to her for her phony photo memory, I said, "Is there any, what? What would you like to do?" And she said, "I want to spank you without missing a beat." And so she, she proceeded to give me a spanking on stage. And then the next time I interviewed her, I had her sign my sneakers, as I talked about. And, and then she tackled me on stage and we did this kind of like fake makeout scene. And Gary, the dog was licking my head and uh, we just had a great time. But um, Ray Park and I had fun too with those where we would recreate the scenes from uh, Phantom Menace, the battle with Obi-Wan and, and Darth Maul, where Darth Maul's kicking Obi-Wan in the head. And so Ray would, I would pose like I'm getting kicked in the head and Ray would, you know, cause he's this wonderful athlete. He would pose with his leg up, you know, five feet in the air, like he's kicking me. And, and, uh, and then he and I would recreate, uh, lightsaber scenes and stuff. So really I'm just like the luckiest kid in Star Wars fan kid in the world that I get to interact with all these people. Uh, the only people in the world of Star Wars I have not like officially met 
would be Harrison Ford, although we we shared a stage together and a red carpet uh, once for the 35th anniversary of uh, Empire Strikes Back, I believe. And uh, George and I, of course, uh, have been on stage together. We've we've talked, uh, but uh, Harrison Ford, yeah, is the only one that I never got to interview and never really got to uh, interact with much. But uh, Billy D, uh, Anthony Warwick, oh Kenny Baker, Kenny Baker, and I have never actually been on a stage together either. That's interesting. Yeah, but uh, Ahmed Best, Ahmed Best joined us at Star Wars Weekends once, um, and of course Ahmed was Jar Jar Binks. Uh, so. Out of those, I mean, I never met you, McGregor. Uh, we shared a red carpet, but we did not get to meet. Um, I've met the uh, the cast of the newer films, uh, and they're all lovely and very nice. J.J. Uh, Abrams, of course. My J.J. Abrams story before uh, meeting him at Star Wars Celebration was he came to see the Clone Wars movie that came out in, what is that, 2008? And uh, he had his kids, and they sat be- behind me in the film and then after the film was over and I realized who was sitting behind me J.J. Abrams and his sons and they were asking about Anakin and I said well Anakin's right over there and so uh, it was fun but uh, yeah he was very complimentary and very nice and um, Kathleen Kennedy I got to meet her as well she's like Obi who what are you now <laughs> um, but uh, which was a, for me it was a great honor because I had uh, admired her her films she's you know produced some of the greatest movies of all time and so it was a great honor to get to uh, shake her hand and introduce myself although i think she was kind of like what who are you what (laughs) so um i'm obi-wan from the clone wars oh yeah okay that show but uh, anyways uh all the folks at disney were always uh, so great but all the folks at lucasfilm as well tracy canobio lynn hale um they were all always so generous to me and giving to me to allow me to do all the various fun things that i got to do on stage hosting all of these events. And now I'm uh, humbled to be invited to come back and uh, sign autographs and take pictures with you all at Star Wars Celebration. So it will be a fun time. Now, uh, one big announcement before I, I leave this episode of the podcast is I do want to say that uh, I am there will not be a podcast, an episode uh, next week. I am going to move to a every other week schedule for the James Arnold Taylor podcast throughout uh, the next few months because... I am currently about to start production on the movie that I wrote. So for those of you that have followed me for any length of time, I wrote a film last year and uh, there's a great YouTube video of it uh, on my YouTube channel where I locked myself in a hotel for three days and I wrote this film and I originally had written it. I'll be honest. I, I originally wrote it for my good friend, Tom Wilson to star in and Tom ended up getting a TV series in Vancouver, the DC, um, superheroes one on netflix and he's had a recurring character on there then for the last year so he was unable to start uh to to be able to be in the film and you know honestly i'm doing the film uh pretty much out of my own pocket i uh i'm i'm looking for uh backing for financing now through uh some film companies i'm pitching it around i've got some friends james burns is a friend of my friend of mine who's uh trying to help me robert carpenter these folks are trying to help me get uh my script to the hands of some executives that might be able to help me get some financing for the movie but right now uh whether i have financing or not i'm going to start production on a film called sons and daughters that i wrote uh last year uh again originally i wrote it for tom wilson and katherine Tabor to star in but now tom is unable to because he's got other commitments so i am actually going to take over in the role that i had written for tom and i've rewritten the script to reflect that 
And I will be uh, starring in this film with Catherine Tabor and then some other folks. Um, but we're going to start production once we get back from celebration. And because of that, uh, and we're shooting it throughout my home and throughout wherever I can and with the equipment that I have, it's going to be um, a very low-budget film, but hopefully one that is uh, good. It's, it's a faith-based film. It's based loosely on the story of the prodigal son that uh, is a parable that uh, Jesus told, actually, uh, and is uh, written about in the book of Luke in the Gospels. And um, so it's loosely based on that with another side story and kind of combining different things. But I'm excited about it. I really can't wait. I, you know, I considered at one point starting a Kickstarter campaign, but uh, to try and get the money to raise the money to do it. But I'm having faith that perhaps I can just do it on my own here and that maybe a movie company, one of these faith-based companies will uh, like the script, like what I'm doing and uh, help me out financially to produce it. But I am putting everything I can into producing this film this next year. So it will be done. My hope would be it would be done by, you know, Christmas this year or the beginning of next year, 2020. Um, so because of that, I am going to take every other week off with the podcast and I'm sorry for all of you that are committed to my podcast. Please know it's for a time. I will go back to a weekly version of the podcast soon, but I just kind of need to be able to disperse my time on that as well as I'm redoing my stage show. And I'm going to be performing that in October out in Los Angeles for three or four nights at a theater in Burbank called the Colony Theater, where I've done it before. And I'm going to be doing a brand new version of the show. So for that, I'm, I'm working on that as well as a, a, a project that I'm doing with my friend, Joseph Scrimshaw. And if any of you uh, know Joseph, He's a podcaster, he's a stand-up comic, he's a Star Wars fan, and I joined him on a podcast not too long ago where we talked about something, and uh, he and I, um, for those of you that know this, see, I'm dropping hints, if you if you listened to that particular podcast, you would know, but um, he and I have been working on a project, and uh, so I hope to uh, start putting that out there at some point too. So lots of different projects that I'm working on, and the podcast, as much as I love doing this and want to continue to do it and will continue to do it, I need to kind of take a little break and not do it every single week right now because of all the various projects that I'm working on. So I hope this has been a nice little recap of uh, moments in, of time with my world of Star Wars. And uh, well, I, Hank, you've been patiently sitting here the whole time. Hank? Hello, 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 hello. Well, you're done. You're finally. Oh, my gosh. Blah, blah, blah. Star Wars, James. Yeah. Thanks, Hank. And Billy, uh, you and I will be at Star Wars Celebration soon. Yes, I'm looking, I'm looking so very forward to it all. Uh, Mr. James, Mr. James, there will be one, sir. Thank you, Billy. And Reginald, don't call me Reggie. Uh, thanks for interviewing me here for this episode of the uh, Jackcast. Right. I think it's been enlightening to the fans. I think everyone's enjoyed your little clips and your stories. And may the force be with you, James. Oh, thank you, Reginald. I've always wanted to say that. <laughs> okay. Yes. So, um, we normally close uh, with uh, one of my characters reading something. So, I thought, why don't I close this one to keep it in the Star Wars? I'm going to read from the Star Wars Shakespeare the uh, the Jedi doth return, um, return of the Jedi, as it were, where Obi Wan is talking to Luke on Dagobah. You know, uh, he enters as a Force ghost. So for you now, Obi Wan Kenobi reading. This is Star Wars Shakespeare. This is Obi Wan's uh, little monologue with Luke, the uh, from a certain point of view thing here. Luke has said, 
Good Ben, it warms my heart to see thee here, yet I must ask thee to explain thyself, pray. Therefore hast thou not revealed the thing that thou didst know? Thou saidst my father had by Vader been betrayed and murdered. Now hast thou said that he my father is? So he's basically saying, you said that Vader killed my father. Remember that scene? And Obi-Wan's reply is, and here we go to close out this episode of the James Arnold Taylor podcast, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And the first part is, is a little aside. Obi-Wan has a little aside to himself where he's talking to himself. And then he goes in to talk to Luke here. He says, I never did imagine that in death I would be called upon to justify the words I spoke in life. Twas well I spoke not of the midichlorians to Luke. For then he would have endless questions still. And then he talks to Luke here. Oh, uh, mm. hello there. Thine inquiry shall have an answer, Luke. For verily thou dost deserve to know, thy father was seduced by the dark side of the Force. Twas then that he no more was Anakin Skywalker, only Darth. When that had happened, thy good father was destroyed, and thus forsooth the words I spoke were truthful from a certain point of view. And then Luke gets upset. A certain point of view? There you go. So there's my, and that's old Ben for you, a little old Ben Kenobi. To close out the James Arnold Taylor podcast, I hope to see so many of you at Star Wars Celebration. Thanks for joining me. Uh, Mr. Announcer Guy, will you come in and close us out? Hello there. Why, it would doth be my pleasureth of doth, dotheth. Now you're being like Shakespearean. Yeseth. Mm. All right, closeth the showeth with your legaleseeth. You got it, dith. Talking to Myself, the James Arnold Taylor Podcast is a production of Yumiko Inc. Recorded at Chat Studios. Engineered, written, recorded, and produced by, you guessed it, James Arnold Taylor. All voices are parody and should be construed as entertainment only. All music and sound effects used with permissions and licenses through backtracks, digital juice, production tracks, and partners in rhyme. James Arnold Taylor's Talking Myself, the podcast, copyright 2019, all rights reserved. May the force be with you all. Thanks for joining me. Bye-bye.